Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Four Person Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. guest tonight, best-selling author of The Medjugorje Deception, Dr. E. Michael Jones. Doctor, welcome to the show tonight. How are you doing this evening? Good. Good to be here. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you. I saw your um, I saw your long video with Patrick Coffin, the former uh, Catholic Answers apologist. And uh, it was a fascinating interview. I'm going to be playing a little small clip from it uh, later to kind of set up our next our next segment. But uh, uh, you know, you you when we tried to do this show before, you mentioned something that I want to kind of use as a kickoff point, and that was that uh, you're definitely noticing a downturn in the enthusiasm. Uh, among Catholics for uh, Medjugorje. It hasn't completely gone away, but there's definitely a downturn. Let's use that as a stepping off point. Yeah, I uh, before, uh, if you were, at uh, in South Bend, Notre Dame uh, was a hotbed of Medjugorje enthusiasm. There were local people here like uh, Dennis Nolan and Brian Miller who were had their own apostolate here, and they could get huge crowds here in the spring. Uh, at the end of the semester, the end of the Notre Dame semester, they'd have the stadium. Uh, they had a lot of people here. And uh, uh, one, 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 this is probably in the 90s. I believe this was in the 90s. And now you don't hear anything. There's not a peep out of anybody. So yeah. I, think it's, I think it's run its course. This, this is, of course, it came into being after the uh, charismatic movement had run its course. And Notre yeah. Dame was also the setting for the charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was in the 70s. Uh, they could fill the Notre Dame Stadium at that point in the 70s. And that kind of peaked. And just as that was peaking, you had this uh, synergy where you joined the charismatic movement with the Marian movement through Medjugorje. All of those uh, priests who were involved in uh, Medjugorje, the Franciscans who were involved in creating Medjugorje, had all had experience in the charismatic movement. And a lot of, uh, you could tell the techniques, the liturgical techniques and that were going on had a lot to do with that. Yeah. 
Now, it's kind of funny because when you talk about Medjugorje kind of running its course, um, I, I know you're really, really good at putting things in historical context, which is uh, – and there's a lot of historical context to Medjugorje, uh, even going back to World War II. But one of the uh, historical things about Medjugorje that I found very, very interesting is that the explosion on the scene of the Medjugorje phenomenon coincided with kind of the explosion of the Internet and and the advent of social media. And after the bishops' uh, conference in 1991, there was a decided downturn in in Medjugorje interest, it kind of looked then like it had run its course until the internet and social media and all that kind of propped it back up. And there and there's one particular website, the biggest website uh, involved in Medjugorje. We're going to be breaking something in the second half of this show that uh, uh, hasn't been broken anywhere else. We're going to be kind of breaking that news about that website. But that's really the, the websites and the unauthorized books and publications that were not authorized by the church. Doctor, that's kind of really what propped it back up, isn't it? I think it preceded uh, the Internet by about 10 years, at least 10 years. So it, the thing began in 81. Well, there was no Internet in 81. Uh, I noticed a big change in around 1984 when – we were flooded here with these glossy magazines with all those uh, pictures of the, the, the so-called seers, uh, you know, high, high res glossy photos made them look uh, attractive. And that's when I f- first made my encounter with it. So I was editor. I was editing Fidelity magazine. I started that in 81. And by that point, everyone was asking me, you know, like, well, is this real or not? Because there was a big push at that point. Uh, so in December of 84, I was in Rome, and that's where I met Mark Miravalli. And he was he is the first. He said to me, I'm going there in January. Uh, do you want to come with me? Well, I had to, I had to uh, take my son back to Germany. He was in school in Germany at that point, so I had to turn him down. But that's when he got involved. He became a big mover uh, involved with that. I didn't get there until 88. And at that point, uh, I got to talk to Bishop Zonich. He had talked to the Pope. I think I went through this before, but I I don't know where we got cut off the last time, so I don't know whether I'm repeating myself or not. Mm -hmm. But uh, Zonich said that uh, when I met with him in May of 88, he told me that he had just been to Rome and he had been uh, met with Cardinal Ratzinger. And I said, well, what did he say? And um, Zonich said, uh, he said he agreed with me. And then he said, and then I met with the Pope. And I said, well, what did the Pope say? And he said, the Pope said nothing. And I think that set the tone for the early part of this uh, apparition. I said before uh, that at this point, the Medjugorje got swept up into the Cold War, in particular, the last phase of the anti-communist crusade, which was uh, basically started by Solidarity, the, uh, the Union, in Poland, when they started, with the help of John Paul II, started to resist the Soviet Union. <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. One year after I was in Medjugorje, <coughs> the uh, Berlin Wall came down, and three years after I was in Medjugorje, the uh, Soviet Union collapsed. 
So I got there just as the uh, the, the movement was uh, uh, reaching its peak. Uh, I flew to I flew to Rome after I met with Bishop Zonich and uh, talked to Frank Shakespeare, who was the ambassador. And I said, "Is this the is this the type of thing? Is Medjugorje the type of thing that the CIA would support?" I said, "We know I know they're involved with solidarity. Was, is this the southern version of solidarity?" He said. He said, well, I can't answer that question. He said, but it is the kind of thing we would support, which I took as, as a yes. So that, that, that's what happened. It got involved. Uh, they got involved in that. I, and then after I came back, I filed an information, Freedom of Information Act request with the CIA. Uh, and they sent me 20 pages of documents on Medjugorje. Uh, and 19 and three quarters of that was blacked out. And then they had the gall to ask me for $150 for nothing. Yeah, and no. I, so I, I, stiffed, I stiffed the CIA, just to set the record straight. I stiffed the CIA. Yeah. I'm sure that, that hurt them, that $150 I didn't pay them. I'm sure it really hurt them financially. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. They needed more than you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what you're saying here is fascinating. I mean, just imagine the CIA redacting 19 out of 20 pages on a Marian apparition. That's, that's unheard of. You wouldn't think that would be something that they would be involved in. Um, and yet, in this particular scenario, it kind of played right into what they were trying to do as far as winning uh, the propaganda war. Right, so, absolutely. Yeah. The people, so the, take- people the, the movers and shakers... Uh, were two guys in particular, Father Zofko and Father Vlasic. They were uh, a so- pastor and associate pastor in Medjugorje when this whole thing kicked off. And they were both uh, supporters of the Ustasha, which was the uh, Croatian uh, collaboration with the Nazis during World War II. Uh, and uh, uh, they, uh, at that point, when I think when Zofko saw which way the wind was blowing, this is after Tito dies. This is after we start to see that there's a future in the anti-communist crusade. He put the gear on the altar, which was illegal, got him in trouble with the law. And then he used that as basically evidence that he was a martyr to the truth. And then they also flipped that into turning, saying that uh, Bishop Zanich was uh, a traitor and he was uh, basically collaborating with the government to suppress the Blessed Mother's message, which was a total lie on their part. Right. And, Doctor, the two, um, the two priests that you mentioned were two of the roughly half dozen that were disgraced, defrocked, excommunicated, et cetera, et cetera. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Vlasic, Vlasic played a key role in this thing. He was a, a, a charismatic manipulator. He uh, had his own uh, past. During the 70s, he was living in this uh, commune in Zagreb where there were men and women religious, and he got this nun pregnant. Uh, And uh, that was weighing on his conscience when this happened. And he actually took this Medjugorje believe He wanted to believe in it because he wanted to believe that this was a ratification of his vocation, that he wasn't a bad guy. Uh, He has been defrocked. Literally defrocked. So if you see recent right. pictures of him, he's not wearing the Franciscan habit anymore. He's not allowed to wear the Franciscan habit. He had been suspended before that, and he completely disregarded the suspension, continued to do what he was doing, which involved trafficking in spirits, 
This was part yeah. of the charge against him. Now, yeah. I I ran into this. I got a uh, after being there, my book came out, and I got a call from a Unitarian from Boston, and he said, "You know, I've been to Medjugorje, uh, but I had experience. Can you explain uh, what happened to me?" I said, "Well, what happened?" He said, "Well, I was in my room at the bed and breakfast, and the door was open. I was ready to go down to dinner, and this naked woman walked into my room." And she walked across the room, and then she walked through the wall. And they said, do you know what, do you have any idea what that was? And I said, well, have you heard of angels? And he said, yeah, even a Unitarian has heard of angels. Right. Uh, and and uh, he sa- I said, yeah, I said, well, there are good angels and there are bad angels. And sometimes the bad angels can appear uh, in human form to deceive you. And I said, so it probably wasn't the Blessed Mother, because she usually wears clothes when she appears. Yeah. This was a, this was an indication, and I got this from an independent source. Father Pavich told me after years of hearing confessions, he was convinced that it was real when he went there. But after years of hearing confessions, he was convinced that Medjugorje was infested with evil spirits. And, and Doctor, could you give us the first and last name of that father? Because I want to I- include that in our show notes, because that's, ver- that's a very important point you just made there. Philip Pavich. Yeah. Philip because he was he was in Chicago. I don't know where he is now. I don't even know whether he's alive now. So, I, so the a, last time I talked to him was when I was in Medjugorje in 1996. Yeah, and that's when he told me all of these stories about uh, preternatural occurrences mm-hmm. of people being in the room and being suddenly the rosary beads are strangling them, the temperature drops, people's voices change. All of this stuff was happening at Medjugorje, and <clears throat> Vlasic was part of it. That's one of right. the reasons he got suspended, because he was trafficking in spirits. Right. And then, you know, I've heard a lot of this stuff. And, and in fact, um, uh, the former chief exorcist of the Vatican, uh, Bishop Andreas Gemmas, said that Medjugorje was absolutely diabolical. Pretty strong language. Yeah, it uh, is. And, 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 I, I, and it was. It was. There were lots of independent corroboration of this. And yeah. one, of the, one, of the, one of the things was the... Uh, the one demon there was in charge of uh, breaking up marriages. A lot of marriages broke up because the people went there. It's one of the one of the uh, rotten fruits of Medjugorje. Right. And that uh, his, his name is um, uh, it's actually mentioned in the Book of Tobit, isn't it? Asmodeus. Yeah, that's right. That's the name. Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I've I've heard these things and. Um, I started an apostle about 14 years ago and, and, and walked away from it. And one of the principal reasons why I walked away from it was because of their abject support of Medjugorje and other uh, condemned events. But Medjugorje is, is, is different than a lot of the others in the fact that it, it's not only clearly false, but there, there's a lot of very, very strong evidence that it's very, very demonic. And, uh, are you familiar with Father Shannon Collins of the Fatima Center? No. Oh, well, he made a very, very interesting observation. Uh, according to uh, a lot of uh, uh, famous uh, mystics in the uh, Catholic, recognized mystics in Catholicism, uh, uh, Father Padre Pio, for, for one example, um, one of the ways that you can tell a false apparition is 
the virgin's feet are covered uh, because her feet are always portrayed as, you know, that lady of Genesis 3.15 who crushes the head of the serpent. Um, and um, in Guadalupe, she's, she's portrayed that way. In the miraculous metal, the image of the miraculous metal, she's portrayed with her foot, her heel on the, on the serpent. Uh, and yet all of the published uh, iconography of Medjugorje shows her feet covered. Right, they're uh, usually in a cloud. They're usually in mm-hmm. a cloud. So, uh, and, and uh, Padre Pio said, and I, I don't know exactly where the source is, but I, but I did read that he said that for some mystical reason, only feature that the devil can't disguise is his feet. Have you, have you heard anything like that? Yeah, I heard that story before. The, the devil has a cloven hoof. He's got a cloven mm-hmm. hoof. So if you look at anyone's feet and you see the cloven hoof, you know you're looking at the devil in whatever form he's appeared in. Yeah. Now, I've heard that story. Let's look at the Ruini Report because when I, I've read the Ruini Report, as I know you have, and to me the term cognitive dissonance <laughs> comes to mind. I, it's, it's absolutely the most contradictory I'm not trying to disparage, you know, Cardinal Ruini or anything, but the report is absolutely schizophrenic, isn't it? I mean, yeah, they make a distinction between the first seven apparitions and the other, what, 75,000? Right. So the first seven are true, but the other 75,000 are false. So what? What the conclude? If you look at uh, Benedict the Fourteenth, uh, he's written a book basically on how to uh, interpret private revelations which mm-hmm. is not according to supernatural criteria. It's according to natural criteria, as if uh, whoever it is is on trial, for example. So any example of uh, dishonesty or manipulation uh, disqualifies the whole thing. So you can't have seven true and 70,000 false and expect that everyone's just going to take the seven true. That's not the way it works. Right. That's not the way it works. So the, the other angle here is manipulation. If there's any evidence of manipulation then it's false. So right. in the first, the first book I wrote uh, while I was researching that, that was hard to do because uh, the second one is more about the historical background. That's called the Medjugorje deception. But the first one was trying to figure out how, how do you tell the, the truth from the false here? So uh, I finally made contact with the, the nun, the former nun um, who had gotten pregnant by Father Vlasic, called her up. Uh, she was in Munich living with this old guy. And I mm-hmm. got to talk talk to her in German. Her German was not good. Okay, she's obviously she's been living there for a long time and really hasn't learned German. And I started pressing her on the uh, on the issue. You know, I mean, just just come clean. Tell me tell me the story. Uh, and uh, she she wouldn't. She she fi- she finally gave me some type of indication that Flossich was the father. So at this point, I sent someone. I had a reporter who was familiar with Italy and spoke Italian, which is pretty much the language that both Lasic and, and uh, Maria Pavlovich were speaking. They were living in a villa in Parma at the time. So she showed up, the reporter showed up. She shows the evidence to Maria Pavlovich. She's coming out. She's going to get in a car and go somewhere. She shows the evidence against Vlasic to Maria Pavlovich. And the next thing you know, the next day or two days later, Maria Pavlovich issues a statement saying, I did not say that the Blessed Mother endorsed this community in Parma. 
uh, I did. I, the only thing I said, everything I said was because uh, Father Vlasic forced me to say it. Well, there's manipulation. So right. we, we, we published, we published that. And that had, uh, well, that just had a devastating effect on the whole thing from the inside, because at that point she was admitting the manipulations that disqualified the whole thing. Right. Right. So, so let's go back to the analogy that you used about a, a about a court proceeding. The, the, if you catch the star witness in a in a blatant, undeniable falsehood, then the jury is free to disregard anything else that the person said. Right. Right. They're, they're free, right. They're, you know. That's so. What she said. What she said exactly was. The statement that I issued yesterday about the Blessed Mother blessing this community in Parmwood uh, was uh, not true. She did not say it. And the only reason I said it was because Father Vlasic pressured me into saying it. Right. That's what she said. Right. So, so, so in, a court, about- in, a court case, in a court case, the whole trial would have collapsed at that point and the judge would have ruled a mistrial. And everybody would have been sent home. Well, kind of. That's what I was getting to earlier, um, and I think maybe you mis, misunderstood my point when I said that I, I, I didn't say that Medjugorje was successful because of the internet. What I said, because you're correct, it started like ten years before the internet, maybe even fifteen years before the internet. But as the internet was arriving on the scene and becoming more prevalent. Medjugorje was kind of on a downturn because in 1991, the, the, the Bishop's Conference did a lot of damage to its credibility. It was kind of on the downslope, and the Internet and all the publicity from the Internet and the, and the websites and, and, and all this stuff, the, the unauthorized books and all of these things kind of propped it back up and turned it back, turned it back up in terms, of, uh, in, in terms of popularity. That's what I was basically saying. So let's go back to the to the Ruini report. So again, let me give you a scenario. We're talking about Marian Apparition X. And and I told you, okay, in Marian Apparition X, you have a group of children who were uh they were spiritually immature, they were uh, addicted to money, they were somewhat dishonest, then all of a sudden they saw the Virgin Mary, and their life completely changed, and they turned into these humble, uh, you know, tending their sheep, just humble, quiet, uh, um, uh, unassuming kids. You could believe a scenario like that, right? If they had done it, but they didn't do it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the Rumini report is asking you to believe just the opposite. Well, <laughs> They're I mean, asking you to if, believe if, these Humble, unassuming kids turned into liars and swindlers and addicted to money and and couldn't be trusted uh, as a result of seeing the Virgin Mother for 40 years. In fact, the Rini Report actually said 30 years after they'd been seeing the Virgin Mother, the Rini Report actually had the audacity to say they were spiritually immature because they didn't have a spiritual guide. That's in the Rini Report. Now, you they, had, they, talking. Had, they had two. They had plenty of spiritual guides. Every Franciscan in the in that province showed up there one time or another to be yeah. the, to say mass. They had all kinds <laughs> of spiritual advisors. Well, 
that's to say nothing about the fact that you've been talking to the Blessed Mother for 40 years. Like what's, what, what more spiritual guidance could you ask for than right. that? And, and yeah. So, so the, the whole not, idea their lives, the, their lives were not spiritual at all. If you want an example of that, go see what happened to the seers at Fatima. Two of them died quickly, uh, horrible deaths, and the other one lived as a nun for the rest of her life. Well, you know, by the time I got there in 96, I forget the guy's name, the older of the two boys, who is now a man. He's standing outside there smoking cigarettes, you know, chew, uh, chewing the fat with his other buddies out there. Was that and Ivan? Then he hop- Ivan, yeah, Ivan, yeah. And, and uh, basically uh, then jumps in his BMW and nearly runs me over as I'm uh, standing there on the road. Uh, and then he ended up marrying Miss Massachusetts and, and uh, was, you know, making money off of this whole thing. Mirjana, who was the ringleader at the beginning, uh, got out of her for a while, and then she got back into it and was taking in uh, uh, um, uh, pilgrims in her house. I walked by the house where she was taking in pilgrims. So they were all profiting from the thing. Now, one of the seers, it may be Ivan or it may be Yakov, one of the two of them owns a mansion in the suburbs of Boston. It's probably Ivan. He married... He married Miss Massachusetts. Okay. And the house is worth $1.5 million, and he paid it off in a year from profits from Medjugorje. Now, I'm going to contrast that. I've been on a Catholic book reading binge for the last two and a half years, and one of my favorite books that I read was Bernadette Subaru by Francis uh, Trocou. It's a great book. I recommend it to anybody that, that wants to read it. There's a scene in there, Doctor, where she forces her brother, she marches her brother back to the grotto to repay a coin. He had taken a coin uh, from a family, show us where the grotto is and we'll give you this coin. And she marched him to the grotto to return that coin so there couldn't be even the slightest image that they were profiting from you know from the uh from the event contrast yeah. that with Medjugorje all six of the visionaries are multimillionaires a- a- exclusively from the prophets and Ivan in particular charges um multitudes of money in fact I want to play a clip this was from when Patrick um Coffin and you uh, we're together. Let me play this clip real quick, and, and you and him are both on this exchange, and then I want to get your comments. I, I saw in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, Ivan Dragosevich have his uh, apparition experience, and that was, uh, that was the strangest thing. That's when I, that was the final nail in my, in my coffin about this. Um, he get down in his... Coffin? Yeah, that's right. No one's ever mentioned that. Um, yeah. Strange. He looked bored out of his skull. He was kind of mouthing something up up into the sky, and it was fifteen dollars to go in to see the thing. So it was like a, a ticketed event. And I thought he's not seeing anything, or he's seeing something that's not the Blessed Virgin, because and this is something I've noticed from watching a couple of the YouTubes that are still. I mean, every time Mirjana has one of these apparitions, there's there are a hundred cameras around her. Um. The message went on and on and on. Probably it felt like an eternity. It was probably 10 or 15 minutes. And then someone came out and read the message. And it was like three sentences. In the most vapid, insipid, 
if not, didn't even rise to the level of uh, being interesting enough to be heretical. Just kind of hallmark pablum. I thought this is this is that, that's that's one of the one of the issues. I mean, what Mark Miravalli did his dissertation on the so-called messages of Medjugorje to show that they weren't heretical. Well, whoever said they rose to the level of heresy? I mean, first of all, they're not what you're reading is not what the seers said. It's what the Franciscans said the seers said. And they provide this buffer. Well, they have all sorts of degrees in theology from German universities. So they're not going to let anything out that they know is, is heterodox. So it, what you have is just this, this vapid, repetitive nonsense. Now, Doctor, the reason why I recorded that clip is because the guest that we're going to have on after you says almost exactly the same thing. It, it's absolutely crazy. And he had the same exact experience with Ivan and brother. He's, he's kind of come clean on our show. His brother is the developer of one of the biggest, if not the biggest websites, Pro Medjugorje websites. And he basically is saying that his brother has made millions profiting from this when anybody who watches Ivan in one of these little things knows that it's that 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 it's it's an absolute circus act and uh and and if it was real how could these guys be profiting millions and millions of dollars if they really believed that it was the virgin mary that was appearing yeah, I think that uh, as soon as uh, big money enters into the thing, you know who's you know who's behind it, and it's not the Blessed Mother, and that was obvious from the beginning. If you look at a, uh, as I said, if you look at Fatima, did Sister Lucia? She's the only one who survived any period of time. Did she make money off it? No, uh, no, it's completely different. It's it, uh, it's amazing to me that anybody could be gullible enough to uh, go there and and think that it was real. And to be honest with you, I, don't, I think it's dying out. I, I don't hear anything mm -hmm. about it anymore from anybody. And I'm a guy who, first of all, back in the 80s, I, every day, I didn't, I didn't have email back then, but I was getting letters and phone calls all the time uh, telling me, you know, this is true. You, you should look into it. Well, nobody's talking to me. Then there was, after I wrote the first book, there was a lot of vilification that I got, uh, which I published in letters to the editor. Uh, and then after that, uh, you know, I did the other book and was there again, and that was going on. I was there. Yeah. There were a lot of people there. But now it's, it's I don't, is it still there? Is it still going on? It, evidently, the church sent some Polish bishop there to care for the pilgrims. So somebody's making money. Somebody's still making yeah. money. Yep. No, I, my experience has been the same. If I get, uh, if, if I get 20 remarks to a post that I make on Medjugorje, uh, they're nineteen to one against. Uh, so yeah. it, it is. It's almost like it's a it's a fringe element of the peanut gallery that's still uh, that that that's still supporting this. But there are some of those there are some of those out there. Um, but the fact that this is all about money, I, I think, is very very un, uh, undeniable, and. You know that there's there's two elements of Medjugorje that you, that you, that you brought out that I think people need to uh, people need to pay attention to and there's and you brought them both up. The one is the money element, but even worse than the money element is the fact that uh, the occult. 
the the absolute uh, ties of the occult and spirits like that. And and you know, people talk about the good fruits argument and about people are going to confession. And, well, the Holy Spirit can work anywhere. Um, yeah, Father Pavich, Father Pavich used to say, just because you were born doesn't mean your parents were married. That was his uh, response to the good fruits argument. Uh, but uh, good fruits always never mentions bad fruits. So I documented all the bad fruits, and everybody they just ignore right. that. Right, and the bad fruits far outweigh the good fruits. I think, and and, and 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 in a biblical context, the good fruits argument is judge them by their fruits. It's not judging the fruits of the event. It's judging the fruits of the person. Yeah. And and I, I mean, you know, like, like I said, if 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 Ivan uh, Dragasevic really believed that he was seeing the Virgin Mary, would he be driving driving a BMW? Would he be living in a mansion? Or or would he be living the life of a penitent? I mean, this is uh, it, it's just so obvious. And 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 I and I challenge any Medjugorje supporter to give me any kind of an example in history of an authentic, approved Marian apparition where this has happened. But I, yeah, again, I want to. You could also challenge them to say any apparition where the spiritual father has been defrocked because of trafficking in spirits and sexually violating uh, nuns and, and pilgrims. He, he right. just continued that, that type of sexual behavior uh, on, on pilgrims after he... And we're not talking about just one. We're no, not talking no, about was, just one. It's, we're it talking about repeated. a half a dozen. It was repeated. And, and Zovko, I, there's no evidence I know that Zovko was trafficking in spirits, but he was involved in, uh, I think, a sexual scandal, and he got, he got suspended. Right. Now, the thing about the messages is, you know, the, the, the devil is subtle. So 99% of the messages of Medjugorje, as you, as you elucidated, is this Hallmark Cardish kind of tripe, okay? Not offensive, but not particularly edifying tripe. But there are some crazy, crazy stuff that's come out of Medjugorje. Let's talk about the bloody handkerchief. Yeah. Tell our listeners about that one. Yeah, that's that was one of the early uh, messages and something about the bloody handkerchief. If you had thrown it away, it would have meant nuclear war or something. Something really weird. They all went. They all went down the memory hole. They 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 dis, they just completely disappeared, uh, and they got replaced by messages that were uh, basically didn't say didn't say anything. Uh, that that was. That's why it was important to kind of listen to the early tapes, uh, the uncensored tapes, which is when they, they were, uh, Zovko was actually listening to what the, the seers were saying. They said all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff, but it never, it never, you know, they just wouldn't repeat it. After, once it became absurd, they wouldn't repeat it anymore. They got taken That's over true. by the Franciscans, who basically were the ones who told you what the message was. Right. Two of the... Um... Two of the books that I would recommend, other than your book, The Medjugorje Deception, uh, uh, Father Ivor Sievrich's book, uh, The Other Side of Medjugorje, and uh, Donald Foley's uh, Medjugorje Complete. I, I think if you, those three books right there uh, build a textbook case against uh, Medjugorje apparitions. 
You talked about earlier, you talked about criteria that you would use to measure as whether an apparition is true or not. Now, this is the one that really gets me about the Ruini Commission. Because one of the criteria that's used to judge whether a private revelation is true or not is, are there any prophecies made during the revelation, and did they come to pass? The irony of ironies to me is the Ruini Commission said, well, you know, we kind of need to look at the first seven apparitions, the first ten days, and kind of we need to pay attention to, to take that seriously, and then after that, it's, it's all baloney. Uh, like the Rooney Commission report basically says everything after the first seven apparitions is false. The thing that kills me, Doctor, is during the first seven apparitions, there was a prophecy that was made. And that prophecy was that the apparitions and all six seers agreed that the gospel said this, that the visions would end on July 3rd, 1981, that obviously didn't come to pass. That right there, if you didn't have any other evidence by the criteria that you judge a private revelation, that right there should have thrown Medjugorje out, right? Right, right. The blessed, uh, the blessed, or the gospel also allegedly said, or the seers are saying, that one of the proofs that the messages uh, are authentic is that Yugoslavia is living in peace now. Well, that didn't last long either. That went down the memory hole when the war broke out in Yugoslavia. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, and 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 um, boy, did it go down the hole. Um, I don't know. Uh, a, a lot of people remember the Yugoslav civil war, but it was uh, it was horrible. It was barbaric. Uh, so, so much for that piece. Now, one more thing I want to visit with you is. We know that uh, Pope Francis has made public statements about, uh, 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 you know, kind of telegraphing the fact that he doesn't believe in the apparitions. CDC has done the same thing. Uh, But his actions have been somewhat contradictory um, and and has sent a mixed message. Benedict XVI was much more clear. In fact, you, you actually, didn't you actually meet with Pope Benedict? No, I met with Cardinal Rossinger. I mean, it's the same person, but this was yeah. before he, before he became before pope. he became pope, right? And he, so and he got, was I, very, I, very clearly number, against. Yeah, I so I got him on the phone. Uh, he was in Texas at the time. Got him on the phone and uh, spoke to him in German. And uh, you know, he, I, I said, "Well, what's your position?" I'm the same as the bishop. And then he said, "I said, well, uh, is this is the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith going to?" And issue a statement. He said, yeah, we're going to issue a statement. And I said, when? And he said, soon. Bald. Bald is what he said. That's the exact word. Well, it never came out. Never came right. out. So uh, I think that there are politics and economics getting involved in, the, in thwarting any type of clear statement coming from the Vatican. And I think that's what happened after the Pope. The Pope said, Pope Francis said that uh, the Blessed Mother is not a mailman. I don't know what exact word he used, uh, what language yeah. either, uh, but to delivers messages every day. But then he yeah. appoints uh, a, a Polish bishop who's basically take, supposed to take care of the, the pastoral concerns there. Well, to me, that's another way of saying you want to keep the money machine uh, going. 
because uh, as one of the uh, members of the Bosnian parliament told me, it's a center of money laundering. Yeah. Especially with Italy. The Italians, yeah. Italians will set up orders like Oase della Pace. That's one of the orders. I don't know whether they're involved in money laundering, but uh, there are operations there. Uh, basically, the Italian businessman gives them money. They use it to build a gas station. So they're making money off the gas station. They pay him back his money. So he got a tax break and he got his money back. That's money laundering. And that's what's going on. And these are powerful forces, yeah. uh, I suspect, in the Vatican who are getting kickbacks from this and want to keep it going. And, and I agree with all of that. But it's, it, it, you know, for those who are listening, and by the way, if you want to call in, uh, my guest tonight is uh, author, Dr. E. Michael Jones, author of The Medjugorje Deception. Number to call in is 515-602-9655. Again, 515-602-9655. Doctor, we need to cut, cut to the chase. Uh, and that is that if the Vatican decides to punt on this, and, and by punt I mean to issue no proclamation, to issue no 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 public statement, these these apparitions were declared non supernatural, okay, by Bishop Zonic's commission, by Bishop Zonic's second commission, by Bishop uh, Peric's commission. By the Yugoslav Bishop Conference, uh, if the Vatican punts on this, then the 1991 bishops' repudiation of Medjugorje, which was by a 19 to zero vote, stands. So right. the the idea the idea that Medjugorje is approved until the Vatican says it's not, just the opposite is the case. Right, right. So why why are they giving de facto recognition to the pilgrims that are going there. I mean, what are they saying? Uh, why, why would you t- want to take care of pilgrims who are going to a phony apparition when you know that they're going to be fleeced by crooks and conmen? Why would the church participate in that? Yeah, that's a good question. That's I, I, a good question. I mean, and, and, I, and, I don't and, that's, have a good... and that's, and that's just dealing with the financial angle. What yeah. about the, the, the demonic angle? What about the fact that if you go there, you've got a good chance of having your marriage destroyed? What about that? Why aren't they taking that into account? Yeah. Now, when I ask the Medjugorje supporters, okay, give me evidence. Well, there's been miraculous cures there. No, there haven't. There's been no miraculous cures that have been recognized by the church. There have been uh, no... um, miracles that have been recognized by the church there have been no fulfilled prophecies that have been recognized by the church there's literally zero evidence now the only thing that they can really is some people stare at the sun and say they saw something while the person right next to them says they didn't Uh, but the only thing they can definitively point to is that some people have seen rosaries turn gold now the same thing happened in Nekata, Wisconsin, and Nekata, Wisconsin Nesita. was condemned. Yeah, Nesita. Nesita is the way you pronounce it. Nesita? Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry for the mispronunciation of that. No, just so people understand right? <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it was condemned, and and you had rosaries turning gold there. Okay. 
so rosaries turning gold is not enough to say, okay, this is a blessed mother. The devil can turn a rosary gold. That's not a big trick for him. Yeah, if it if it happens, sometimes the finish wears off and with brass, and you call it gold. I, I've never been persuaded by this as a, something that outweighs all of the negative uh, testimony that we've already described in this tonight's program. Yeah. You know what, Doctor? I'm so uh, thankful that you came on. I really appreciate uh, your testimony. Could you tell our uh, listeners? about your website, where they can go to read your articles, and where they can go to get your book. Yes. The Medjugorje Deception is available at culturewars.com. Culturewars.com. Do not go to Google. Go directly to culturewars.com, and you can buy a copy. Okay. Doctor, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on tonight, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And we will be right back after this message. Looking for a Catholic counselor? Dr. Peter Claponis, Deb Rojas, and the team at Integrity Counseling Services provide faithful Catholic counseling in Pennsylvania and beyond. We offer telehealth and in-person counseling for porn addiction, betrayal trauma, anxiety, depression, marriage counseling, and much more. You can find us at IntegrityCounselingPA.com or 610-601-9781. That's IntegrityCounselingPA.com or 610-601-9781. Looking for a Catholic counselor or coach? Dr. Fred Boley provides faithful Catholic counseling and coaching for men in Missouri and beyond. He conveniently offers telehealth services for anxiety, depression, marriage counseling, or just getting stuff done. You can find him at stbarn.org or 872-269-1280. Once again, the number is 872-269-1280. She is a Catholic recording artist, multi-award winning songwriter. She sings contemporary and folk rock music. She has been in the music industry for over five years. Her music is her ministry. She aims to help people that suffer from all kinds of pain in life and try to bring them to the Lord through her music. She has three albums out and her music is being played on radio stations all over the world. Her website is lisamarinacole.com and she is on social media. Her music page is facebook.com Lisa Songs of Worship. YouTube at Lisa M. Nicole. Instagram Lisa underscore Marie underscore Nicole underscore official. Her songs can be purchased on her website, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and everywhere else. Her merchandise store has everything for her ministry and can be accessed through her website. Her new CDs will be available very soon and can be purchased through her website. She counts herself blessed that God has chosen her to help spread his message. She is Lisa Marie Nicole. Get her music today.
The Four Persons Network asks our Catholic friends to check out and join the fast-growing Catholic website, message board, and community at Catholicism Rock. The quality and diversity of contributors is breathtaking and the content spans everything from education to news and commentary and spiritual insight. Partners of the Four Persons and our friends. Please check them out at catholicismrocks.com. We now return to the regular program on your only real Catholic defenders of the deeper truth of our sacred faith. The Four Persons. And before we get back to our show content, let me just state that the Four Persons Incorporated is a recognized 501c3 license and recognized by the federal government. And any use, any authorized use of any of the materials on this show will be met with legal action. You may not use any of the information and content of this show without our prior written permission, or we may sue you. Be clear about that. So, we're going to get into the second part of this show. Now, when I was researching Medjugorje, this person approached me online. And we're about to play his interview. And I want to make it very, very clear that what he says about his brother is pretty incredible stuff. This is about probably the single biggest promoter of the Medjugorje mess. And before I get to it, I want to replay something I played earlier in the show. It's worth replaying. This is from Patrick Coffin and our guest that we just had on E. Michael Jones. I want you to listen again to what they describe here because it is almost identical what you're going to hear in the interview coming up here. Take a listen. I, I saw in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, Ivan Dragasevich have his uh, apparition experience. And that was, uh, that was the strangest thing. That's when I, that was the final nail in my, in my coffin about this. Um, he get down in his, coffin? Yeah, that's right. No one's ever mentioned that. Um, yeah, strange. He looked bored out of his skull. He was kind of mouthing something up up into the sky and it was $15 to go in to see the thing so it was like a, a ticketed event and I thought he's not seeing anything or he's seeing something that's not the Blessed Virgin because and this is something I've noticed from watching a couple of the YouTubes that are still I mean every time Mirjana has one of these apparitions there's there are a hundred cameras around her um, the message went on and on and on probably it felt like an eternity it was probably 10 or 15 minutes and then someone came out and read the message, and it was like three sentences. In the most vapid, insipid, if not, it didn't even rise to the level of uh, being interesting enough to be heretical. Just kind of hallmark pablum. I thought this is, this is. That, that's that's one of the one of the issues. I mean, Mark Miravalli did his dissertation on the so-called messages of Medjugorje to show that they weren't heretical. Well, whoever said they rose to the level of heresy? I mean, first of all, they're not what you're reading is not what the seers said. It's what the Franciscans said the seers said. 
and they provide this buffer. Well, they have all sorts of degrees in theology from German universities, so they're not going to let anything out that they know is, is heterodox. So it, what you have is just this, this vapid, repetitive nonsense. Okay, so now I'm going to play our interview. This person approached me, okay? And these are the things, and he identifies himself. He identifies his brother, and he makes these claims and these accusations without apology. So if his brother would like to come on our show and dispute or counteract or deny these claims in any way, I openly invite him to do so. You can email us at email at thefourpersons.com. I remind you, we pay licensing fees for music that we play on this show. We pay licensing fees for images that we use on this show. Our content is paid for. This show is paid for. We are a licensed 501c3 and we do not steal content from all over the Internet like some so-called Catholic blog talk radio shows that I will not mention. That openly steal content, slap a Catholic Defender label on it, and claim it as their own. And we have been contacting some of these other sites and say, hey, you need to know that these people are plagiarizing your content word for word, claiming it as their own and trying to pass it off as their own. So we've been contacting EWTN and various sites that they've been plagiarizing content from. All right? Do not try that with us. Do not plagiarize our content. If you want to respond to our content, then notify us that we'd like to use this, 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 or this so we can respond to it. That's fine. But do not plagiarize our content, our, our content. Now, what you're about to hear, you will not hear anywhere else. This is breaking news. You will not hear this interview anywhere else. And this person's claims, he took total responsibility for his own claims, as you will hear. And if his brother or anyone else wants to counteract what he says here, we will give you the forum to do it. We will allow you to give your side if you so choose. If you don't so choose, hey, what can I say about that? You're given the opportunity to counteract the information, and you don't take advantage of the opportunity. What can I say? So I'm going to play you this interview. You can hear what the man says, and then you decide on your own what you think about it. And here it goes. All right, so I just want to make sure that um, I handle this correctly, and I want you to know the reason why I'm taping this is because anything that you decide later that you want me to take out, you tell me, and I'll take it out. So uh, I don't want to uh, – uh, so I want to start – I really don't think there's anything I'm going to say that I wouldn't say to anyone anywhere at any time. So I, I usually have like, – you know, I am who I am, and I tell it like it is. Yeah, well, I'm pretty uh, much that kind of guy. So let me go ahead and get this. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and get it started. Uh, you and I met on the internet, and we met on the internet uh, when when I was basically looking for for groups um, 
having to do with Medjugorje, and I kind of ran into you. And yeah, I, I posted on somebody's thing about the fraud. Like, yeah, I made a comment. So, yeah, I don't know you. I've, I've, this is the first time we've ever spoken. Right. So uh, yeah. So yeah, my name is Mark Shaw. I'm from. Uh, I grew up in DeKalb, Illinois. And my older brother, uh, Steve Shaw, lives there in DeKalb, and he runs a uh, Catholic bookstore uh, that he started after. First, he started back in I think it was the 90s, the Magigoria Web. And he's the first website, I believe, on Magigoria on the internet. He's, he was a big. He sold internet and did all this uh, computer stuff, business computing, and that's how he got himself, you know, motivated and. Well, you know, going, and he went over to Magigoria a few times, and uh, I, he decided that uh, that was what he wanted to get into, is taking people over there. And so uh, he started doing tours of his website, and he'd get groups of people, and they'd, uh, you know, he'd fly them over there and take them around, and I guess, you know, he met uh, Ivan, all the seers, so-called seers. And uh, he just started working with them. And then they've progressed over the years into, like, uh, turning Magigoria into some kind of uh, almost like a Catholic Disneyland over there, from what I hear. Um, you know, there's lots of different things they've built and done. Um, you know, so, I don't know. What else do you want to, you know, All know? right, so, so let's walk, we'll walk through this real quick, step by step. So, the bishops... Okay met and they did their ruling on Medjugorje once, twice, mm-hmm. three times, four times. Every time the bishops yeah. ruled on Medjugorje, they ruled negatively. Uh, but yes. but uh, regardless of that, the... Well, the problem uh, is that I understand the problem is and, and why this has lasted so long and gone on so long and they've got away with it so long is because it's an ongoing phenomenon. It's an ongoing thing. You know, every time the Virgin Mary appears to somebody, it's like, you know, they have to investigate it. Well, you know, they investigated Ivan, and uh, I, he got it down to where uh, the Virgin Mary was appearing to him every day at 3 o'clock. No matter where he was on the planet, he'd stop and talk to the Virgin Mary. How ridiculous is that? Now, I want to make it clear, just based on the conversations that we're having or that we've had on the Internet, you're not attacking the miraculous or you're not attacking people who believe in in miraculous things or anything like that. What what you're basically saying here or what you've basically said to me is that there are people profiting here off of what is clearly a fraud. Clearly a fraud. Now, I I don't (laughs) – you know, I didn't know the Virgin Mary just appears to people. Now, maybe she does. I'm not going to say it's never happened. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. But I know what they're doing is uh, they're profiting off of that, you know, notion. Or the, uh, I don't know how to explain it. They're selling something that there's, there's nothing behind it. And when you say you know. you're profiting, you're you're not talking about a small amount of money, uh, and the amount of money that's been generated by this website by these pilgrims millions, is, yeah, millions. millions of dollars. 
Millions of dollars. Yeah, my brother has a million dollar home with a badass pool, um, a really nice pool, excuse me. You know, he travels all over the world. His wife and daughter and, and, and his stepkids, they fly everywhere. She's in Hawaii and Australia. She goes everywhere. Not only just by herself or, you know, having fun or with Ivan and the, the Sears on their little tours where they go out and, uh, uh, you know, now, now, Mark, I, don't know, I guess they, they go so, do what they do, scam people out of money. You related to me that you actually witnessed one of these so-called apparitions. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, with yeah, my brother's home. Yeah, yeah I was invited to, yeah, with Ivan. I was invited to meet him. Because I was, I, I'm skeptical, you know, a bit. And I was raised Catholic in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm a little bit skeptical about, you know, the things that I've read. And I talked to my brother, and I'm like, anyway, so I'm at his house. I'm invited to his house. Was it 2009, I believe? Maybe, yeah, 2008 or nine. Uh, somewhere in that. And Ivan is in the states. Ivan owns a home in Massachusetts, and he's married to a uh, uh, a woman that was uh, actually like a Miss Massachusetts or something like that. Some kind of model thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So he has a beautiful million dollar home somewhere, expensive home in Massachusetts. And he also owns homes in Magigoria. And then I know that they're invested in, like, now they have apartments or condos or whatever they lease out, do the tours, fly people all over. The are, all the Sears are multimillionaires. That's a, that's a, that's a well They're all invested in the, in the same thing. They're all selling this lie, you know. So tell us what happened. And I, I hate to be them at Judgment Day, so. Yeah, I hear you. So, anyways, I'm at my brother's house in, in Illinois, and Ivan's there, right? And we have we, we're saying we're going to have dinner and hang out, but it's three o'clock, right? And Ivan has to do his thing. So, where my brother has this huge living room, right? And Ivan stands over there in front of the television. We're all sitting around, and he just starts like, you know, everybody's quiet. They say some prayers. They did the Hail Mary and all this. You know, my brother and his wife. They're all, they said some prayers, and then. He stood there and, like, put his head back, and, and he's bowing his head back and forth and, like, trying to make words with, you know, words out of his mouth, moving his lips like he's talking to someone. I mean, it was, like, the cheesiest, worst circus act I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I see him. I'm standing there going, this is total, this is total fraud. This is not real. I didn't feel anything, no presence or anything. My <laughs> My brother's kids over there looking at me, watching me. Ivan opens his eyes, and he's looking out of the corner of his eyes over at me, watching him. He's like, is this guy believing what's happening, you know, while he's doing this thing? I don't know, it lasted maybe uh, five minutes, ten minutes at the very most. And then that was it. And we sat down and had dinner. And he did not discuss what was, what was the message, Ivan? Oh, I cannot translate it right now. It's like I'm gonna to have to sit down and write it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, what yeah, the? How, how convenient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they often they yeah, it was really bad. These, they charge for like these little circus acts, right? I think that's what he does. Yeah, I think yeah. they do. My yeah. Now, they go and let, you know he'll go somewhere and have a you know and then he'll answer questions and talk about a message that the virgin. My little children, please obey, 
you know, rules and be kind. And it's always very generic. Yeah, it's always very Hallmark cardish. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like the same Hallmark car every time. Right. But what really blew me away when we discussed this before online on on the Internet is how you you confronted your brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're sitting there having dinner, you know. Reaction was. All right. So, uh, uh, I went back to his room. He has my brother has a very you know big house, six seven bedroom something. Ivan goes off to his room after dinner, and uh, my my brother's wife and kids kind of stayed away, and it's me and Steve. Are, are sitting there, and we, you know, had a couple of drinks at dinner and stuff. And I'm like, Steve, really? You know, do you believe this guy is for real? I mean, have you ever seen anything that you would, you know? He goes, I've never seen the Virgin Mary. I've never seen any of these apparitions. They all say, I've been standing right next to people, and they're saying, there she is. I, and he's never seen a thing. I go, don't you feel like this is kind of, you know, a little, a little shaky, a little shady. Well, I don't know if I said shaky. That might not be the right word. But just doesn't seem, you know. And I go, it's like you're selling a lie, Steve. You're pimping out the Virgin Mary. You know, I don't think it's right. I mean, you're making money, a lot of money, off of a lie. And in her name. You know, I mean, what? he goes, listen, there's a lot of people that go over there, a lot of people that talk to him, and they get help from this. It, like, turns their life around. You know, they had some kind of experience, some kind of spiritual thing or whatever. That's happening, and it's helping people, so be it. That's great. And I said, yeah, as long as your bank account keeps growing and keep living your wonderful lifestyle, that's great, too. He says, well, of course. Why do you think I'm doing this? You know? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. He doesn't believe it's like, that the Virgin Mary is actually appearing. He says, I don't know. I've never seen her. He says, I believe I, I even saw something. That's exactly, that's right. He goes, I believe he saw something. I'm like, what's that mean? You know? He saw something that day when they saw the Virgin Mary. But I'm like, so he sees something every day at 3 o'clock? Come on. That's a little far hard to believe in, but I believe him. He's telling me that's what it is, and I believe him. I'm like, well, really? He goes, you've never seen any of this, and you believe that. Yeah. Well, I believe he, I you know. Too. Uh, you know, the Bible says even the devil can disguise himself as an angel of light. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's just incredible. It just confirms what I've always known is, uh, or what I've known for a long time, that Medjugorje is all about money. That's what it's all about. Uh, we're not yes. the if they turn that little itty bitty poor town, destitute little town, into Disneyland, they all are millionaires. They all live very comfortable lives, and 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 they're all protected by the Virgin Mary. What better? What a better thing what scam can you come up with? Yeah, what a deal. <laughs> Beyond smart. smart. I, I My brother's a very very smart. Yeah. yeah. Very intelligent. Yeah, you got a busy evening going on. I want to thank you for your time, and um, All right. I will 
I will send you what I have once I uh, edit edit it and everything. I'll send it to you before I air it. I'll get your okay on anything that I'm going to air. Okay? So you got my okay. You know, everything I've said right here now with you is the, the God's honest truth, and uh, I have I nothing to gain by talking to you. I have nothing to gain by talking to you. There's, and, and I'm an over-the-road truck driver. You're not getting I don't care about money. I don't care about... I don't like what people are doing, and, and I don't like this. I don't. It's wrong, and I don't like it. So I'll speak out against anything I think is wrong. I agree with you. I don't want to see poor people get uh, you know get taken advantage of because of their yeah. because of their. Imagine some old woman like saving up all her money to fly over at Magigoria to go do this whole mm-hmm. thing, and you know because she has cancer, she thinks maybe she'll see the Virgin Mary and it'll save her life. You know. Right, or, or somebody in the family has to go first. Yeah, and I have to go pray. You know, i gotta go, I got to go see if I can talk to the Virgin Mary. And the only place you could do that is in Magigoria, you know, or at least I could stand next to Ivan while he talks to her. Maybe he'll give, him a, give her a message for me. So what little money she has, she gives to these visionaries, these so-called visionaries, yeah. all multimillionaires. It's, it's I'm sure that I'm sure that it happens. I'm sure that it happens. You know, all the time. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's it just it just pisses me off. Excuse my French, right. but yeah, I don't like that stuff. All right, God bless you. Talk to you later. Well, there you have it. That's our interview with Mark Shaw, and uh, you know, you. you I understand some people might want to say, well, you know, he's kind of skeptical of mirroring apparitions or, you know, this or that or whatever. How credible is he as a witness? And, well, in context, he said exactly the same thing that Patrick Coffin said. No one can deny Patrick Coffin's credibility as a witness. He said exactly the same thing that E. Michael Jones said. No one can can contradict E. Michael Jones' credibility as a witness. Mark said the same things that Donald Foley said, the same things that Father Shannon Collins said, the same things that the chief Vatican exorcist Andreas Gemmas, late Andreas Gemmas said. Folks, you know, I, I take some comfort in what E. Michael Jones said, that Medjugorje is dying out. People are cluing in, and it is now at this point only a radical, fringe, extremist, kook element of the Catholic Church that still believes in this tripe. But we need to keep doing our job until every Catholic in America, every legitimate Catholic in America, knows that this is nonsense. So I want to thank you for listening tonight. I want to thank you for your support of the four persons, the 501c3, the four persons incorporated officially. We are an official 501c3, and we have an official theme song. Thank you, Lisa, Marie, Nicole, and I will leave you tonight with the official theme song of the four persons network.